Greetings, John McKenna, So Podcast. I'm with Belle Lim. Belle, we agreed on not giving you a tag or a title. So, who are you? What's your title? Well, John, I'm Belle Lim. That's a good tag. Tell us about Lim's story. Sure. So I come from Malaysia. I am an international student. So I came to Australia in 2013. So it's been a number of years. I really enjoyed my time here in Australia and I really see it as a really formative experience. I've discovered myself a lot in ways that I didn't know throughout this process. So I came here as a student, so mainly for education. I've been studying and got my degree and now I am a PhD student, hopefully graduate soon in cancer genetics. I'm also currently serve as the president of the Council of International Students Australia. I also founded the Future Female Conference for Female International Students. So you haven't done much, fair enough. <laughs> no, no, not at all. Way to go. <laughs> well, I really like the words you discovered yourself. Is that because you're living in a different country or there is actually triggers to make that happen? When you go back to say, why did you discover yourself? Mm. That's a great question and it's, um, you know, it prompts a lot of deep thinking from my end. You know, growing up, I always feel there is something in me. I feel like there is more. I enjoyed my time in Malaysia. Obviously, I have a loving family. I'm very lucky. I grew up in a safe environment for me at the time. But there's always something in me that I... Know the world is bigger than how I knew it. I am keen to discover the world. And I also know that there's more than that I can contribute than my environment at the time allowed me to. I guess throughout the journey, it hasn't been smooth sailing. There are periods of time when things were quite difficult and I didn't think that I'm, I'm up for this. But how I discovered myself is really, you know, in the face of adversities, big or small, there are times when I thought that I couldn't do this. There's no way that I can do this. But then I took on the challenge and I got it done or I went through it and I got out on the other side knowing that I am more courageous or more capable than I thought I was. Reflecting is one of my favorite words because I think we all can reflect and sort of say, where am I now? Where have I been? I can say that as a guided wheelchair, but I'm sure everybody listening <laughs> has their own journey on how they progress through life. Going back on those couple of organisations you were talking about, and the last one was the future female. Tell me more about that. Mm. So I had this idea, I guess, throughout my personal experience, I always know that I knew there were points in time when I met someone really special they believed in me before I believed in myself. I didn't see I had anything special to contribute, but they saw it and they pushed me, they encouraged me, they helped me on that path. So Future Female is actually one of those that I had an idea that I want to do something that empowers young women. At the time, I was the women's officer at the student council. This mentor of mine from Study Melbourne, which is an initiative of the Victorian government. She met me uh, at the time and we had a brief conversation and she said, 
you know, you should do this conference because your idea matters and it will benefit other female students. And I thought at the time, there's no way. I've never done public speaking. I'm not comfortable with speaking in front of people. Uh, I haven't been a leader ever. I cannot, I cannot just hold a conference. But of course, um, she encouraged me and I said yes. I didn't have everything figured out, but I said yes at the time and I took it one step at a time. And it's amazing when you have a vision and you have a passion and you attract people that share that same passion. And along the way, you meet people that help you make it happen. So Future Female is actually one of, I guess, my proudest achievement because of how much it means to other women who came to that conference and looking at how the conference impacted them. It was really, really special uh, for me. Well, I've seen the website. Just remind everybody, what's the website if they want more information? Yeah, definitely. It's futurefemale.com.au. So you can see, you know, the program that those amazing speakers that we've had. This is just such a cause and a passion that's shared by so many other women of color. They are high achieving. They are so successful. And when we asked them, um, they didn't, you know, ask more details. They said, yes, I'm in. And you can see such huge role models on the website. It is interesting, isn't it, Belle, when people tap you on the shoulder and say, I can actually see that you've got this quality and you might say, or I know know, different people have sort of said to me, and I hadn't thought about it, yeah, I might give it a go. So it is interesting that we live in a world where other people observe us and whether it be on what we've achieved or what we haven't achieved, it doesn't matter. But I think the planet's quite small in some ways. If you've got people who are like-minded, it helps a lot. So the future female, any challenges when you were setting that up as far as negativity from people or Mm. anything you could share with us? It has been such an incredible journey. I don't have, I guess, too many grievances that I can share with you. But I think on what you said around how people observe us, I think it really taught me that we can plan our lives in a strategic way and we can, you know, meet people and interact with people in a strategic way, however strategic that we want. But ultimately, it's not how it works. With connection and how you treat people, the most important thing is staying true to yourself, your value and have a good attitude. I always see a lot of networking events that universities or other communities hold for students. And I always feel like it's great to meet people, but sometimes if it's inorganic, you don't foster the type of strong and deep relationship. So that is probably one of the biggest challenge that I had throughout the process of holding this conference is that my own self-doubt. I didn't think that my opinion was valuable. So when I first started, I met a few people that were a lot more experienced than me. They want to help me, but they had a completely different vision than I did at the time. And because I didn't trust and believe in myself a ton at the time, I said, yes, of course, because you know more than me. Let's go with your plan. 
But after sitting on it for a few weeks or a few months, it really doesn't sit right with me because I know in my guts how I would like this event to be if I'm the audience and I know in my gut how I want the audience to feel. So ultimately, it was a very difficult conversation for me to have as someone that's not good with confrontation and say that you have an idea, you can go on and do your event, that's completely fine. But for my project, this is not the direction that I wanted to go with. So I guess these are these small or big building blocks that gave me the tools that I need to go on to building this conference and to where I uh, wanted to go. Obviously, don't mean to just talk about the bad side of things. There must be many positives that's come out of this. And it's, it's probably too early to say, but are you getting feedback from people who come up to you and say, I'm now doing this? Because I think when we talk about peer support and helping each other, initiatives such as this, share a story of, if you can, mm. someone who's told something they now think differently because of this. Mm. Well, John, that's such a great question and I'm so, so happy to share with you this. On the day, I knew that it was very special to me because throughout the process of building the program, I managed to you know, put together topics that were very, very impactful for me. And I managed to invite speakers that have really changed the way that I see things. But that's all that I know that is special for me. On the day, it's just such a good spirit in the room. Um, it is really nothing that I've you know, experienced before. And throughout the day, I had young women came up to me many times. They came up and say, Oh, I have to thank you. I have to thank you for doing this. This is the first time that I've seen a Saudi Arabic woman on the stage being so proud and sharing how much she has achieved. I've never seen that. I'm really moved. And then I heard more from Indian women, from Chinese women. And it really moved me how, and it really shined a light on how much role models are important to us. You know, the leaders that we have, that we read in history books or in any billboards or magazines now, it's very rarely that we see ourselves reflected in these role models. And when you grow up with that, you don't think that you can be one of them. You don't think that this is my place. You know, these are all great things. I admire them, but I'm not going to be one of them. So it really is a shift. Uh, it's a fundamental shift in the mindset. Who are some of your idols that you look up to? Some of my idols? Uh, I have so many. <laughs> I admire women that are bold and not afraid and believe in themselves. I truly believe that women are as capable as men. But one thing that I find quite difficult uh, for women is that you often see women that hold the same position as men they have to be more capable because they feel like they have to prove themselves more to get that position than, you know, men. So my idol would be, I guess everyone's idol should be Michelle Obama. For sure. <laughs> yeah, when she talks, people just listen, don't they? Yes, 100%. She demands the people listen. I think it's about 
not just about who her husband is, but she's just got that aura about her and her energy mm. where I agree with you totally. She's a pretty amazing person. There's going to be another one of these forums coming up, is that right? Yes, hopefully. It is in the making. This is the first time that anyone would have heard of it. It is in the making. So hopefully uh, we can't wait to bring it back to you. How does international culture become a barrier for a woman who wants to become empowered? Mm. I know that's a huge question and there's 5,000 answers. But if you had to give a very broad answer mm. about um, hearing, and once again, I'm, I'm a guy talking to an empowered woman, but I know we all have those little voices in the back of our minds mm. and whether it's our own voice or it's from a family member, it makes us think or rethink should I be doing this or is it right that I'm doing it? So I know I'm twisting this question, which is just going to make it harder, but I reckon you're going to nail it. So I'll make it easy for you. How does a woman who's got all these voices in the back of the head saying, but I'm still going to do it? Mm. Yes, that is a great question and it is very complex, isn't it? I think that for international students, when we come to Australia, I would say that I can only speak to my personal experience. Australia has a little bit more progressive culture, but it's very important that I want to preface by saying that I don't personally put any culture on the pedestal because every culture is on their own path and it's in on a different different progress. So, but personally for me, I guess my biggest barrier is the structural patriarchy in the society that I grew up in and the hidden or not so hidden misogyny and sexism and it permeates your lives as a young girl and young woman. Uh, I can give a few examples I think that your audience will maybe resonate with. Please. You know, in, in classes, teachers are a lot more tolerant to boys that are a bit mischievous. But for girls, if you're loud, you know, teachers would say, well, you're a girl, like you should behave like a girl, like be shy and be quiet and be reserved. And I think throughout, I spent 18 years in Malaysia under the environment and I squashed my voice and my opinion because that is not attractive. I was told that was not attractive and that is not how a girl should be. Uh, another, I guess, example is that when I decided to do a PhD, my parents, the first thing that they thought of is that you're going to be too old when you finish. You're going to be too old and you're going to be too qualified. You're going to scare the men off uh, as if that's the most important thing for me. Now I understand that my parents want the best for me. They want uh, me to be looked after and they grew up in a different generation and a different background. So I completely understand that. But these little things and these conversations, it really put you in a box. And I would say to, I guess, other young women to, that are challenging these ideas to find your tribe, find people that you want to share these conversations and these ideas with or read more books and, you know, just exposed to more idea because when they start, they're going to start as a little seed and you need to water it 
with more information and more awareness and more thinking and meeting all the people. And I would say that build the confidence in yourself because I strongly believe that all, everyone, especially young women, often don't know how much they can contribute until they slowly start doing things and saying yes, and then they build a confidence in themselves. Belle, close your eyes and listen to all those voices that are saying, yes, yes. Can you feel it? I can from here. Around the world, there are many people saying, yes. And they want to walk up and do high fives, elbows (laughs) or whatever. That was really well answered and it wasn't meant to be a question, but uh, wow, (laughs) I need a big breath after that. You nailed it. I told you you would. Well, that was a great question, John, and that was a very moving exercise to think about sometimes we feel alone, but we are not alone. There are so many people that are struggling with the same thing that we are and we might come to, you know, these answers together. And I guess it's... Other podcasts I've done, you may listen to it, but it was one about vulnerability. It was talking to a gentleman, Raghu, who was running education systems for people in Zimbabwe, girls, and uh, I just wouldn't wouldn't mind getting your thoughts on the word being vulnerable. Mm. And vulnerable can sometimes be seen as a weakness. This episode that people can go to later or other people might just want to reflect on my couple of words that vulnerability is not about weakness. It's about finding your grounding and there are benefits being vulnerable at some points of your life to really zone into your heart and soul. Yes or no? Yes, absolutely. I really see it as a strength. I figured out, you know, throughout these couple of years when I started have to do more public speaking, how do I get the message across? I can talk about the successes and achievements And I'm sure that people learn from other people's successes. But what is more important is to start with where the audience are. And I always tap into my vulnerability because that is shared across other people. What I find difficult, um, a lot of people find difficult too. So we start from the common ground. Exactly. And I love the way you use the word tribe. For those people who don't know what you mean by that, what the hell would you describe as someone's tribe? Mm, You really sprung that on me, I would say that it is a gut feeling. It is a gut feeling. You can try to build a network that is, you know, beneficial for your career, for example. But do you have the gut feeling that you can agree on some basic values, the values that are most important to you? Do you share the same passion? It doesn't have to be a big tribe. It doesn't have to be a lot of people. It can be one or two or three. I value those people very, very much and I hold them very close to my heart. And sometimes when things get busy or, you know, you start to focus on things that are not important, uh, like career or status or all, all of that thing, you go back to your tribe and you will see what is most important to you. Yeah, and to summarise that, you could say people who are like-minded. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Did I ramble on a little? No, that's good. <laughs> I, I was just waiting for, for me to come along to say, are you trying to say like-minded? <laughs> <laughs> that's <laughs> well, a trap. <laughs> gotcha. Well, Belle, it's been an amazing conversation. 
I discovered you on television. I think you did a pretty amazing broadcast on ABC a few weeks ago and um, that's when I do my people trolling to say I want to meet these people because <laughs> I'm a story lister. I'm a story lister. I do this gig with So Podcast to meet people, to share energy and to learn. I have learned today. It's been a privilege. Thank you for coming on So Podcast. And hopefully we can keep in contact. Yes, absolutely, John. It is my privilege to speak to you. And I will really think back to the energy that you share with me today. Good to you, Belle. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.